So James, oh, <laughs> <mother>. <laughs> perfect timing. That was that was absolutely gold. Was. I'm going to rip that thing out of the ceiling here in a second. <laughs> Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the RC Roundtable. Hi, my name is Fitz Walker, and joining me from the Great White North is Terry Dunn. It's not so white this time of year, but hello. The Great Green North now, I guess? Yeah, that would be a good description. All right. Of course, a lot cooler than it is here, probably. Probably. <laughs> and uh, joining us from all the way across the pond in jolly old England is our special guest from Flight Test is James Wormsley. Hey, James. Hello. Hello. Thanks very much for having me. It's very nice to be here. Oh, yes. It was very nice <laughs> for you to be here. <laughs> I think you are the first international guest we've had. Really? Um, oh, right. I, that might not be true. Remember, we had Ben Warren, who... Yeah, is, but he lives here in the States. He lives there, but he's from, uh, yeah, overseas. I, I don't know. This is the first time we had <laughs> somebody... It's a judgment call. This is, so we'll I'm, say, I'm yeah. partially special, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're only somewhat special. Well, you're the first <laughs> guest we've had to call in from another country. How about that? Okay, yeah, that's that's absolutely accurate. <laughs> okay i'll take that i'll take that oh, all right this now, now the show is really international so we're we're really going we're, places yeah we're going places <laughs> <laughs> next next episode hopefully somebody from moon base will call in <laughs> yeah. oh, all right well let's get the show on the road uh first up let's talk some new products and new items industry news and that kind of stuff uh terry you've been working on a quite interesting project from the old school model works something called i have yeah tell us about that well you know in a recent episode we were kind of bemoaning the the reduction in kits that are available and specifically i think we were talking about the top flight warbirds seem to be going away um but the good news is there are other kits still around balsa usa is a good example um but Old School Model Works is a new company, and it looks like they're making kind of a sport-scale, old-school kind of kits. And the one I've been working on is the Sky Ranger, which it reminds me of the old Top Flight Elder. It's a low-wing, kind of World War One, kind of barnstormerish appeal to it. A very classic look. A laser-cut kit, mostly balsa and ply. Uh, very nice. It's been a while since I built a kit of this size. Um, I think the previous one would have been the Electric Hub, and that was a die-cut kit. So this is a whole other can of worms. Um, very enjoyable. I wouldn't say it was a quick build, but it was. It went together pretty easily, and I'm really happy with how it turned out. And anybody who follows our Facebook page has seen photos of it. So Yeah, I saw some photos of it. It looked very nice. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. You know, the the camera hides a lot of the blemishes, but I'm not going <laughs> to tell you about them. I'll, I'll just let you wander. So, <laughs> well, now we know. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was just yeah. surprised how big it was. I didn't realize it was that big until I started looking at the details. And I, It's a 60-inch wingspan on the thing. So it's a 60-inch wingspan? Yeah, it's yeah. a 40-size airplane. And they have provisions for both glow and electric, I noticed, too, on this one. That's correct, yeah. And, of course, I'm going electric with mine. Of course. Yeah. And it looks like it's going to weigh uh, about four and a half pounds, which is 
Yeah, really good. So it's very reasonable wing loading. The cube loading is super. So the maiden flight, if the weather holds out, that's me knocking on wood, uh, will be after we record this show. I'm going to head out to the field and oh, nice. go. Oh, yeah. Well, good luck. Nice. Yeah, nice. good luck with that. Uh, I don't usually announce maiden flights beforehand just because, you know, <laughs> stuff can go wrong. So it's not usual for me to post so many pre-flight pictures. So I don't know if that's good karma or bad. We'll find out. <laughs> now, I noticed you stained the front uh, part of it. What, oh, yeah, yeah. What uh, The fuselage sides from the trailing edge of the wing forward are slabs of light ply. So I thought, hmm, let's give it a try. And even if it doesn't turn out great, I'll just cover over it. No big deal. So I applied normal wood stain and then a couple coats of water-based polyurethane, and I was really happy with how it turned out. So I kept it on there. Huh. Uh, yeah. that, it was, that was interesting when I saw the pictures of that. Is that gives it kind of some character. It gives it really an old-school look, like some of the old World War One planes, like a, I think the Albatross, which had stressed wood around the fuselage and it was stained oh, yeah. and that kind of stuff. Right. No, I, love, I love the Albatross. It's great. Yeah. Those, yeah. Old, those old planes with just full sort of wooden sides and everything. It's quite unusual back then, I think, to have, it's more sort of normal to have canvas and that kind of thing, but yeah, uh, yeah the Albatross looks great. That, yeah, they that, were high-tech for their day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was, but it had, that had to been really labor-intensive to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, everything was back then, right? Well, yeah, yeah, they're basically <laughs> handmade. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool about the, um, the stain, actually, because um, I'm hoping to do that on a project that I'm working on. Um, but it's actually, it's actually a boat, so it's a bit different. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, see how how mine turns out if it if it looks as good as yours. Oh yeah, I've seen some uh, here locally some wood stained boats, and they they look fantastic. Mm. Ah, those yeah. boat builders are the worst. They really make me mad. <laughs> <laughs> you see some really great stuff with those guys, and yeah, I could never replicate it. So yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Well, good luck. Uh, this is an interesting website. I wasn't really aware of them until you came up, and uh, so it looks like uh, that's my job. It's a uh, they had a they have a high wing model, and so it looks like they have two models so far. One, a third one, on the way. So, yeah, the uh, other one is the Robin Hood Twenty Five, and some of you might recognize the Robin Hood. It was uh, it's a design that's been around for a while, and it's kind of a sport scale knockoff of the Curtis Robin, a very boxy uh, fuselage with Hershey bar wing. But very distinct looking, and apparently, by all accounts that I've read, they're super flyers. And so, again, this is a laser-cut variant of that. And an interesting side note on that, I think I mentioned from that estate sale I went to a, a few weeks back, I picked up this random fuselage that had already been built. Well, it turns out that, well, it might not be exact, but our best guess is that that fuselage is from one of the old Robin Hood plane sets. Wow. So, yeah. So I think I'll have a Robin Hood of my own here pretty soon. Yeah, you can probably scratch build the rest. Yeah. And uh, the other thing I got was a wing kit from the old Great Plains PT-40, which happens to be very close to the wing on the Robin Hood. So I don't know if, if that was the original owner's intent or if they just somehow got magically put together. But that's my goal is to build that PT-40 wing, made it to that Robin Hood fuselage, and I'll have to scratch build some tail feathers. But, yeah. Uh, either Frankenhood or... Yeah, and I'm making it sound like this is an afternoon project, but, you know, it, it's involved. But uh, sooner or later, I'll get this thing together. Right. Well, good luck with it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I look forward to seeing that. So do I. <laughs> All right, up next, we have uh, 
Blake just announced a new helicopter. We don't really talk helicopters all that much in the show, but since I like to dabble with them, I, it really caught my attention. And this is they calling it a Fusion 480. Uh, it's kind of a really nice looking uh, model. Uh, the carbon skids maybe uh, some controversy to, to some. Uh, I'm sort of um, agnostic on it, but uh, a couple of things that caught my eye on it. Uh, it's a little bit bigger. It's almost their 500 class size helicopter, which is nice. So it's a little bit bigger than a typical uh, 450 size. Uh, Remind me, when you talk about size on a helicopter, the 480 is blade size? Yeah, yeah they pretty much settled nowadays on its blade size. Okay, and that's so, what the diameter of the disc? No, each blade is 480 millimeters long. Okay, so it's the radius. So it's a ra- almost a radius. You got uh, the, the the blade grips and stuff take up a little bit of space, but okay. Uh, but yeah, effectively, it's the radius. Huh. All right. So I don't know if you fly helicopters, James, or dabble with them. Um, no, I don't actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd like I'd like to. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that uh, I look at some helicopters and I'm like, oh, they look that looks really nice. Like this model, I looked it up on um, on the website on Horizon Hobbies website for the podcast and uh yeah i was looking at it and thinking how nice the the, uh, the actual internals look and all the carbon fiber parts and i was thinking oh yeah i'd like to have one of those but i don't know it's helicopters to me they've always seemed a bit um a bit complicated and, <laughs> the yeah, black arts yeah lots of parts and, yeah so. that's not an illusion no yeah <laughs> Yeah, so. yeah, I'm a stickler for pain, so I've been dabbling in helicopters for some years now, on and off. Right. And uh, and every once in a while, I'll, 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 I get the itch, and I, I start flying them for quite a bit. And uh, this one is pretty nice. Like you said, it has carbon frames. Uh, it's a two-millimeter carbon fiber frame, carbon fiber landing gear, carbon fiber tail boom. It actually, it's got a, a big tail boom. No, it may not be carbon fiber. Maybe aluminum. Excuse me. I may be wrong on that one. But... A couple of things I did notice is the tail boom seems to be oversized. It's got a large main shaft, uh, and, and some that's of the, a good thing that it's oversized. Yeah, it seems like you okay. can really kind of knock it around. It'd be, it seems to be more durable. Uh, you could you could take some hard knocks. I mean, in a crash, you're probably going to bend stuff, but it seems that you can really jerk it around, and it'll stay solid. It'll stay. Uh, things will contort and that kind of stuff. So uh, it seems like they've overdesigned it somewhat. Uh, which is pretty neat. Uh, some nice aluminum parts. Uh, it's designed for 6S, and they're talking 3,000 RPM head speed. That, that's just, I still can't wow. get used to that high head speed on some of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm that's, not an, that's another thing. <laughs> that's another thing. It sounds quite, uh, quite sketchy if you're flying the, those things too, uh, too close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> keep them quite far away. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, when you scream at it that much, that's, that's for expert use only. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, what's a more normal head speed? Uh, probably around eighteen hundred, two thousand. Oh, okay. For so some helicopters of size, so three thousand—that's really screaming. Um, wow. Uh, a lot of the smaller ones and, and the, the high, the guys that are really throwing around like the, like the high head speeds, you get a lot of power, a lot of snappy response. Uh, so. Uh, and our smaller machines can handle higher head speed. So, it, it, normally around two thousand RPM is. is Plus or minus is what the guys are running. Um, anything lower than that is probably going to be a little mushy on this helicopter this size. The bigger helicopters can run lower head speeds. Uh, the smaller ones, they start getting up there. But for a 500 size, roughly, machine, that's, that's pretty high, I think. Mm. Uh, but it, it looks pretty nice. Um, it's sort of, I guess I give you a kit. doesn't really include anything. 
Uh, it's not at least what it, one I saw on the site. It's not a package deal, uh, but it, they have a video of it flying around. It looks really nice. Um, I wouldn't mind having one of these myself. Uh, but I, I'm still flying some of my older ones, so maybe once those, uh, I get sick of those, maybe. Uh, but that's good for them to come out with helicopters. It's not a helicopters were kind of in a rut the past few years. Uh, they seem to have kind of not as popular as they used to be. So I'm always the multi rotors are edging in. Yes, the multi rotors sort of taken over, and because those are you don't fly those, you sort of just command them, so they're really easy to fly and get into. Well, uh, I don't know. I I don't know if the Phantoms are really taking over the sport helicopter market. I was no, no, no. The racing and freestyle quads. Yeah, I think people that would normally go into helicopters are going into quads. How about that? I think there is a there's, there's some sort of uh, you know an idea that they're a bit easier to fly and a bit easier yeah. to maintain and that kind of thing. The quads. Um, yeah. So yeah, maybe, maybe that's why people are edging towards those a little bit more. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah I think that's exactly it. Just a point to that. Uh, quads are easier mechanically speaking. They're more simpler. Uh, yeah. They're real popular, um, but I think a lot of that technology is moving over into helicopters. So the helicopters actually are are becoming a, a, quite a bit easier to fly, and, and they'll have modes such as bailout and heading ho- and uh, altitude hold and that kind of stuff. So oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, they're starting to work the, all the technology and the controllers into the helicopters. So yeah, I I think this is one example that no matter how you feel about the whole quad revolution, we're reaping technological benefits in other areas of RC. Yeah. Yeah, the first time I saw that, I was really impressed when a guy was flying around and he got out of whack and he lost orientation. And all he did was flip a switch on uh, his transmitter and the helicopter righted itself and settled into a stable hover and he was able to recompose himself. And that's when I first realized, hey, now things are starting to change with helicopters, which is yeah. pretty good. Well, wow, stuff happens faster with a helicopter. So you got to be quick on that switch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You might have to set up like a foot switch or something. (laughs) Or you, well, never mind. I was thinking of another place you could put a switch that would automatically clench. But this is a family show. (laughs) Or voice recognition whenever you hear, oh, crap. Right. Automatically. (laughs) We should probably move on. Okay, let's move on. Let's go back to airplanes. Um all right, so uh, we had this just came out yesterday. I just saw this, and this is a Cherokee from eFlight, a new model apparently, 1.3 meter, bind and fly, and uh, a, a plug and play uh, foamy that has uh, actually quite a nice little features built into it. Uh, a couple of things that jumped out at me when I saw it is um, it's got a shock absorbing nose gear. Did you see that? Well, it looked like working scissor link. If you looked yeah, I saw, I saw that. Yeah, I, I've actually just written an article on flight tests um, to, about this, so I feel like I should I should know a few things about this plane. But um, oh yeah, give yeah, us a data dump. Sorry, what was that? Yeah, give us a data dump. Oh um, well, uh, recalling a, a few hours ago now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's the. I mean, this is kind of uh, standard, but there's like the safe technology and the, there's uh, nice little details like the navigation lights. Those would be good for sort of evening flying, I imagine. Yeah, it's got a lot of them, um, apparently. Yeah, yeah, it's got lots of stuff. Um, nice big hatch to uh, to access the battery, and yeah, it looks, it looks really nice. I, I'd quite like to have one. I don't usually go for sort of general aviation models, but um, yeah, that it looks looks like a nice looking airplane. And also, it's got quite uh, big, um, as well as the shock absorbing uh, gear. It's got quite big wheels, so that that would be good for sort of you know. Um, lots of people's fields, no matter how bumpy they are. <laughs> oh yeah, the grass fields and stuff. Yeah. 
Fitz yeah. is spoiled with a long paved runway. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, I'm really <laughs> spoiled. <laughs> um, yeah, it's got flaps, a full flying uh, elevator. Oh, yeah, yeah, nice so that, yeah, it's interesting. Is the full scale like that? I think the full scale could be trimmed. I don't know if it's full flying normally. That's a good question. Hmm, I've flown in a few Cherokees, but I never noticed. I thought they were not full flying, but maybe you can trim them like uh, some of the Cubs or something. But, right. Um, interesting. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I'm sure somebody out there listening knows. <laughs> yeah, somebody's screaming at their radio. No, you dummies! <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, James, you made a good point. I saw the video, and it looks like it's just a really nice flying sport plane. That, yeah, definitely. That happens to be scale. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so if you like uh, low wing planes, you like a nice flying sport plane. You do all kinds of aerobatics, knife edges, and stuff like that. Uh, with it, but something more scale like this looks right up your alley. If you're that type of a flyer. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's a uh, it's kind of a really really nice oh four three and four S as well for batteries so that you got a wide range of batteries you can use in the thing. Uh, there's one other thing I noticed. Oh oh, uh, it, it was in the video it went by really quick. But did you notice how they opened the hatch? Uh, I didn't actually, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, please inform me. <laughs> it's it's the little communications antenna or nav antenna on the top. It slides back. Oh, oh right, okay, that's clever. I, it's like it was, a spring latch. Yeah, it's like a spring latch, and it's the antenna. Oh, that's neat. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I saw the video. I said, "Hey, wait a minute." <laughs> clever, but it seems like it would be fragile. Well, I think the base is a little more beefy than the actual antenna. It, right. it made sense when you see it. It's it's uh, it's not yeah. as fragile as you might, might think, at least based on okay. what I saw in the pictures. I'll have to go go and rewatch the video now. <laughs> Yeah. All right, uh, so here's my question. I, I agree with you. It looks nice, and I'm sure it's a great flyer. But now that Horizon and Hobbyco slash Tower slash you know, all those companies have merged, you know, there was a Tower Hobbies Cherokee in the queue when all this stuff went down. So I wonder if it's going to persevere. And the, the Tower one's a little bit smaller, and it's a balsa and ply. But, you know, it's a Park Flyer electric-powered Cherokee. So can I, I tolerate both? Actually, I think the tower is bigger. Is it? Yeah. It's got a 43-inch, and this one is a 41-inch. No, 1.3 meter would be bigger. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. I was looking at the length, not the wingspan. (laughs) We have a metric (laughs) expert on hand. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we use meters here. (laughs) But you still use miles per hour. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit of a mixed bag, really. I'm not sure. It's, it's just you know, the history of the country has uh, been a bit up and down. So yeah. <laughs> adopted some things, but kept others. I always like thought the that was odd. the euro, but yeah, it's a bit weird. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> hmm. We can, we can get by. <laughs> <laughs> just, just. Yeah. Um, that's okay. Just the speed cameras to catch, anyways, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, all right, Terry. I guess it depends if you want to go balsa or you want to go foam. Really, I guess is. The main difference. Well, I don't know. This Tower Hobbies one is still pending. There's, uh, it's on their website still. It shows an early July mm. delivery, which is right around the corner. But I'm just curious if they keep them both around. That is Let's a see. good question. Yeah. Inquiring minds want to know. Okay, well, uh, I have one last thing I want to mention. Um, 
As we mentioned before, Lee is not with us today. Uh, last show, he mentioned that he and his Boy Scout troop were heading out to the state of Georgia for some big sort of troop camp extravaganza thing. I forgot what it's called. Uh, so he was really excited to go on his trip with his son and his troop and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then we find out later that he had, him and his troop had to come back early because unfortunately there was a, a tragedy that happened during the camp. Uh, they were, uh, sometime during the day they had a freak storm come up. Uh, he says basically the winds from, went from zero to 40 or so in, in an instant. And, and, and while everyone was taking shelter, we had several trees that apparently fell on the camp. And at least one of the trees hit a tent that was occupied by several kids. And unfortunately, one of the kids was uh, killed in the accident. Oh. So, yeah, it was uh, very upsetting to everybody. Lee said he was one of the first people on the scene. And uh, they was just really, uh, really tragic. And they so they had to pick up and leave early, get the kids back home, and, and deal with the incident. And so he's uh, he was really shaken up about it. We, both I think Lee and I, Terry and I talked to him, and uh, he's he says he, he was really distraught, but he said there was nothing they could do. Um, it happened so fast; uh, they really weren't prepared. Uh, he says it's absolutely awful. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's really sad. And he's a kid. It was a fourteen-year-old kid that died, and. It was even worse is his brother was there too. Oh. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's real tragic to, you know, out in the, out in the woods having fun, learning new things mm-hmm. and to have that happen. Uh, so he's, he, he gave us a warning. He says, be careful what you read in the news reports because he was upset that one of the news reports had gotten several things wrong. Uh, so. Uh, there's an investigation going on and uh, autopsies and that kind of stuff. He also wanted to give out kudos to, I can't remember if it was the troop leader or. I guess the, the district leader in the area, he said he handled things very well. He was a new guy, did the best he could to keep everybody uh, organized and handle the, the accident. So mm-hmm. Lee just wasn't in the mood to, to do the radio program, and he's busy. Um, him and his son is, yeah. is fine. So I just want all our listeners to uh, keep him in his thoughts, keep him in their thoughts, that is, sorry. And uh, hopefully he'll be bright and chipper next time we see him. And uh, thoughts with the uh, the family of the, the child as well. Yeah, he um, he said he was he knew the family and knew the kids, so um, um, he they were they were basically in his backyard from the same town. So, uh, so uh, so we'll, as we go into the break, I want uh, if everybody can give a a minute of thought to Lee and his family and to the family who uh, unfortunately lost one of their young kids uh, way 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 too early. All right, we're back. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, we are joined by Mr. James Wormsley. He uh, is, uh, I guess you're a contributor to Flight Test. Is that what it is? Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, yeah I, I, I write articles for the, for the website. So that's what I do with Flight Test. Yeah. A I, lot I, of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do do quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're not, they're not all that long, but um, yeah, there's quite a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. If you go over to the Flight Test uh, website, 
in the article section. That's you basically dominated the whole <laughs> 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 pages there. <laughs> so really interesting yeah. stuff. Um, I, I guess are you considered the the European branch or Brew or something? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know really. I, I suppose I, I suppose I could be a correspondent from the from the UK, but <laughs> but no, I'm just yeah. Uh, there's quite a lot of articles on there, but. Um, yeah, we're thinking about um, changing up the website a little bit so that you have uh, just, you know, flight test articles on their own and then uh, all of the community ones on a separate page because it seems seems like there's a bit of a monopoly going on at the moment. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> what, makes sense. What with all the flight test ones. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, there's lots of uh, bite-sized ones on there. Those are different topics and uh, historical ones, uh, tips, how-to, you know, tutorials, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, I noticed there's a mix of full-scale topics and RC. Which yeah, I always yeah. appreciate. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I love your articles, Terry. They're, they're great, um, untested and all of that. So, um, but yeah, the, the, the full scale ones, we're, we're trying to do more about full scale at the moment. Um, so it's been a sort of initiative for the last, last year or so to do more content on that. So, yes, I saw, we'll, we'll guess, get into it a little more later, but a, a couple of ones that popped out at me was the, the Typhoon article I think you just posted recently. Yeah, uh, yeah. That uh, I always I have a a Tempest RC model. Oh, do you? Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, nice. I call it uh, a face only a mother could love. Uh, <laughs> but it, yeah, but it's a really one nice model. Go ahead. Yes, one one of the ones with the uh, the intake on the, on the front yeah the big und underside. Yeah, yeah. Goofy intake. Uh, yeah, yeah. But the is that the one that had the Napier engine? Yeah, I think so. The okay. Saber Napier. Yeah. Uh, it, it was interesting. I didn't realize how much of a dog the original Typhoon was. Uh, no, I didn't either until I started researching it. Yeah, yeah, because you always read about how it was a, a ground attack machine that was just would take kick butt and take names. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, but it wasn't such a smooth ride up up until that point. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. yeah uh, and uh, and so yeah, if people go to the flight test. See all kinds of neat stuff. Uh, <laughs> the flying shoes. <laughs> that didn't no involve, comment. That didn't involve uh, a bit of too much at the pub of alcohol or something. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Something like that. Yeah. Lots uh, of wacky ideas. Yeah. Uh, so, what part of England are you in? Um, so, I'm I'm in um, the northwest of England. Um, so that's that sort of well, I'm not sure the best way to describe it. I'm I'm about 100, um, no, not 100 miles, about 20 miles south of. Um, South of Manchester, if you oh, know Manchester. where that is. Yeah, yeah, so I lived in Manchester sort of in, in uh, my home state. Oh no, a different Manchester. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's a different. <laughs> yeah, it's a different one. Yeah. Probably uh, named the, after the original, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's been there for quite a while, but yeah. <laughs> um, well, so give us reference. How far is that from Stonehenge? From Stonehenge. <laughs> well, that's funny you say that because I did actually drive there a few years ago um, in the summer. Uh, it's about. I don't know, really. It's about 200, 300 miles away. Oh, okay. That's something, like, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Stonehenge is in the south, so it's quite, yeah. I mean, I say it's quite far away. It's probably not that far away for any American listeners. It's because <laughs> in terms of relativity here. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's quite a far away, a far away away. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially so. us from Texas when you say, you know, 200 miles. <laughs> we're like, oh, it's just the other side of Houston. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so tell us about your background. How long have you been flying models and how did you get into model airplanes and that kind of stuff? Well, um, it's quite a long story, but I'll try and keep it fairly brief. Uh, so I suppose I've started, I've always been making things. Um, so that's the first part of the story. So since I've been, I don't know, 
you know, when I was a really young kid, I'd always been cutting up boxes and sticking things together. Um, so I'd always liked the, I've always liked throughout my aviation career, that the DIY aspect of it. Um, but yeah, back, back in the day, I sort of, I'd say when I was about, I don't know, eight or nine, maybe, I, um, start, I, you know, I'd get just packs of balsa wood and just sit there and make clothes of sort of airplanes that didn't really fly very well, but, uh, just, <laughs> just try and make sort of gliders and things like that. Mm. And, um, and yeah, and then over the years, they got a bit more advanced and I started making rubber band powered models. And it, I, I always sort of struggled with the electronic side of things at first because there wasn't really, you know, there wasn't flight test out there at that point, um, obviously. And then, you know, there, there wasn't really that much information about it that I could find. And also I was quite young, so <laughs> I didn't, couldn't really, you know, research things that well or that easily. Um, so yeah, I just stuck to sort of rubber band powered models. Um, they didn't always work that great because I didn't know much about center of gravity or <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and then about, I don't know, uh, probably about eight or nine years ago, I bought a, uh, what was it? A, a mini super cub. So one of the, I think it was park zone, park zone super cub. Okay. Sure. Uh, yeah. And it had a brushed motor, but it was a, it was a mini one. So it was about, I don't know, 30 inch wingspan, maybe, um, maybe a bit more than that. I'm not sure, but, uh, yeah, that, that thing was great. I, I flew that for ages and because I didn't have much money, I didn't, you know, didn't upgrade it, didn't have any, uh, any other models really, but I just flew that thing all the time and, um, sort of maintained it and painted it and made it look really cool. And yeah, and then, uh, yeah, and, and then cut and then, you know, scoot forward uh, a couple of years from that. Um, I started, I got a, a radio. DX6i, which I've still got actually, um, still used. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, started, started building my own models with, um, electronics, figured the electronics out by that point. And, uh, yeah, so I've, I've always stuck, um, quite closely to the DIY aspect of model airplanes, um, and scratch building with foam and bolt wood and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, so that's, that's sort of my, my RC aviation story in, in a brief <laughs> few minutes. So when did the flight test uh, techniques come into play? Um, probably about, I don't know, really about four years ago, five years ago. Um, so yeah, I discovered them around that time and that's when they started to make their, um, their designs and put the plans up and stuff. And then shortly after that, they started producing the kits. So obviously I couldn't really get the kits here and I'd prefer, I prefer to sort of design my own things anyway. So sure. I, I used the, uh, so I used the foam board techniques that they used and just sort of designed my own models. And, uh, yeah. Uh, so that, that was probably about five years ago. Uh, is the foam board that you get over there comparable to what's available in the U S yeah, it's a good question. Um, I thought it was until a few months ago and then I got some of <laughs> flight test sent me some of their foam, um, some, some of the foam that, that we produce at flight test. Um, and I, I compared it It's quite different actually. Um, the stuff you get here is a bit heavier. Uh, it's a bit more substantial, actually. It's a bit more durable to, to things and things like that. Um, but yeah, I suppose it, on the flip side, it is a bit heavier. So maybe it's not so good for smaller models. Um, if you want to keep the, the wing loading reasonable. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's quite, it's quite a different thing, but it's, it's still very useful for making airplanes. Okay. Did you ever work with Depron? No, I, I've, I've still yet to, to build anything with Defron, actually. I, I need to expand into that. I but, assume it's yeah. available over there. It's rather hard I think, to get in the I US think it more. is. 
Yeah. Is it? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I think I think it is at craft shops and things like that, so I'll definitely have to go and get some at some point. Yeah, that's handy stuff. You should give it a go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I will do. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, uh, speaking of flying models, uh, I'm always curious about other modelers in other countries. Uh, I, I only know the United States and maybe one other country about flying models, so I was curious, I thought maybe I'd query you on... What is it like to fly RC models in the UK? Do you, do you guys have a lot of clubs there, or is it really hard to find spots to fly models? And you, so I got to beg and plead to use a farmer's field or something like that. Uh, that well, that is my my uh, my story. The beg and plead to use a farmer's field. Uh, yeah, there's not that many places. I mean, from my personal experience, there's not actually that many clubs or anything around where I live. Um, there probably are if you if you're willing to travel like I don't know, like twenty miles or something like that to to go and fly, but I don't know. It's quite quite a big trip, um, you know, every Sunday or whatever. Um, but yeah, th there are clubs. There are there's uh, the British Model Flyers Association. Um, they they sort of you know you can organise clubs through them. Now and, that's the uh, the UK equivalent of the Academy of Model Yes. Aeronautics. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the equivalent. Um, they have you know they put on shows and stuff like that. Um, there's a big one I just missed, unfortunately, because I went to an Ed Sheeran concert in London with my girlfriend. <laughs> but uh, I know, I know. Um, What's wrong with your priorities, man? Yeah, really? <laughs> You're doing it wrong. I know, right? I know. But there's always next year, I suppose. I'll just have to make sure to say no uh, next year. But, but uh, yeah. So yeah, there, there are there are clubs. There are there is a governing body there. Um, it's quite good. Uh, it's quite well organised. But for me personally, um, yeah, I've always just stuck to. To asking to fly in people's fields that I know and that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, unlike some people, I've not got a paved runway. But <laughs> <laughs> I have recently just got access to a to a cricket club, actually, which is very English, I know. Oh, great. But um, so that, that's nice because they've got very short grass, so you can even take off with, um, like, micro models and stuff like that. Well, not micros, but mini models. Mm. Well, that like, seems an improvement because I've watched several of your videos and you appear <laughs> to be flying on the side of a hill. <laughs> yeah, covered that with sheep and the very obvious, accurate uh, sheep. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, I've, got, I've got, got several places that I sort of I go back to. Um, there's one which I've always flown in. There's a nice couple of people up the road who let me fly in their field, um, and that's that's usually got very long grass, so it's not great for like if you want to fly a, a big warbird or something like that from. But it's all right if you've got like a just some smaller sort of you know scratch builds and things like that. But well, that's um, perfect for test flights. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when you're when you're doing your test glides and stuff like that, yeah, definitely. But um, and then there's another person's. I've got a friend up the road. His his uh, garden borders a field that I think the the family owns. And there's yeah, there's usually sheep in that. Uh, so you have to be a bit careful when flying over <laughs> over those sheep. But uh, they usually get out of the way. So <laughs> yeah. Do the sheep sort of stay away from you, or are they kind of curious creatures? They they see me coming and they run away. <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> actually, it's funny. It's funny. They they are fairly like once I've crashed in the field, um, they go and have a look at the model. So they're I don't know. They they seem to be a bit more intelligent than other sheep. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've seen the Wallace and Gromit cartoons. They're pretty smart. <laughs> <laughs> they're exactly like that. Exactly. They're always plotting to get out of the field. They're always, you know, doing daring escape plans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So for using yeah. the cricket field, what sort of uh, consolations do you have to make? Is, is Saturday cricket day or 
Um, I'm, I'm still trying to work out what their schedule is because I did ask them, um, you know, what sort of, you know, when, when do you really play the games and stuff, but they've not really given, I think it's a bit, um, a bit varied. So I usually just sort of turn up and hope that there's no one there. And usually there's not anyone there if you go in the morning. So hmm. yeah, I'll just do that before setting down to work and writing about aviation. And yeah. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty handy. That's yeah, good. That's pretty neat. Yeah, I've, I've occasionally watched videos on YouTube, and I see a lot of them are from uh, the UK. And, uh, A, you guys like really big models, some of the modelers out there. It's really surprising. And, yeah. <laughs> and I don't think I've ever seen anything with a paved runway other than ones that have been at an airport. Oh, really? Yeah. So I don't... Yeah, it's, it's probably right, actually. Yeah, there's, there's quite a lot of grass fields and stuff. But I don't know. I suppose it there's, um, there's quite a history of, of just using grass airfields in this country, I suppose. There's, you know, in, in the... In the war and stuff, there was uh, lots of squadrons down south that uh, used grass run- runways quite extensively. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's just tradition. <laughs> I'm not sure. So uh, tell us, uh, what what do you do with flight test? What's your position there? And uh, tell us about working with flight test, what it's like. Uh, yeah, so, well, I'm, I'm the flight test writer, I suppose I could say. Um, I'm the editor of the website. So um, I... Well, maybe I should say how I got involved in the first place. Well, I started writing articles like everyone else on the flight test um, websites because as a as a uh, as a fan, you can you can go and contribute. You know what sort of things you've learned from your project, or you know do a little write up on it. It's a really useful place to go and you know get some inspiration or some tips and that kind of thing. Um, so I started doing that about uh, three years ago, maybe or four, uh, probably about four years ago now, and yeah. Um, so about when was it just just uh just after i graduated from university last year um i got in contact with austin because i I noticed that the the article the time that the articles um took to get approved was was being a bit slower than usual and it was probably because um you know they're just quite busy over at flight test hq so i thought ah well i'll offer to do it for free and uh just you know be a sort of moderator and yeah, and then Austin came. Uh, sorry, Austin Fury. This is. Yeah, he, he's uh, uh he's know. he's been on our show before. Yes, yeah, I listened to that one recently. Um, yeah, uh, very nice guy. He he uh contacted me, and we we've been in contact a few times before that, and uh, said, yeah, well, um, we'd quite like you to write some articles for us. So, I was uh, obviously quite keen to do that, and uh, that's how I started. Um, so yeah, I just I I uh, write lots of varied content really about um there's quite a lot of historical articles i like to do because um uh in particular because i I actually studied history um until last year Hmm. so that's one of my specialities (laughs) but uh yeah i'm really enjoying it well i think it's great that you're able to do that historical stuff because you have a unique perspective being over there so for a u.s audience um like what was another one you wrote recently about the brabazon yeah, the Brabazon, the, it's so, a British airliner from the uh, late 40s, early 50s. Right. Yeah, you're not going to find a U.S. author writing about that normally. Right, yeah. So I, yeah. I think it's great that you're able to to see that side of things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's nice to have that sort of perspective. Um, I, I, I was actually quite getting a bit self-conscious after writing those two articles quite close together because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just writing about you know, British stuff, because I don't know, <laughs> maybe, uh, more, Amer- more varied, you know, around the world would be better. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm quite pleased with how those articles turned out. I think people seem to enjoy them. 
Yep, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, it's neat to see unusual aircraft. I mean, how many more articles about P-51s do you, can, do you really need? Oh, yeah, that's but, true. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, articles about the Brabazon and the Typhoon and uh, things like that, it's actually pretty interesting, I think. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Now, another unique British plane is the de Havilland Dragon Rapide. Ah, yes. Yeah. And you had a unique experience with that recently. I did, yes. Um yeah, so a few days ago, uh, well, last weekend actually, um, I visited uh, RAF Duxford. I think, well, actually, I don't know if it's called RAF Duxford anymore. It's uh, it's called uh, the Duxford Imperial War Museum. That's what it is. Uh, and basically, this is a, a, a museum in England. Um, used to be an airfield, um, as the previous name suggests. But um, yeah, it's it's now uh, it's, it's a museum. It's got loads of different hangars, but it's also an active general aviation. Um, field so uh, you've got a really big runway um, and then a grass run runway next to that um, and they still have uh, historical aircraft there uh, flying all the time so it's, it's a really neat place to go and spend a weekend um, and yeah they, they even had a, a, a v17 there the uh, when I was there yesterday the weekend uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I can't remember what the name of it is. Um, I think it's actually painted like the Memphis Bell, but I don't think it's the real one because that's in the US. I think, isn't it? Uh, right. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a, but I guess a B seventeen that's local to that area or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not really sure. <laughs> uh, I, I think that that airfield might have been one of the ones that B seventeens actually uh, flew from in the war. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I have to look that up, but. Uh, yeah, that's probably why it's there. <laughs> yeah, I get the impression you could scour Europe with a metal detector and find enough parts to put together a few pieces. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You just remind me a quick story. Uh, I was in London last year uh, visiting, and uh, I had intended to go to Duxford because they were having their big air show. But our, oh, really? Yeah. Our, our schedule had changed, so I wasn't going to be there that weekend. And ultimately, ended up going to. Uh, Shuttleworth. Uh, Shuttleworth in Old Warden instead. They had a oh, yeah, Heritage yeah. Day, which was probably better than going to Duxford in some ways. Uh, although right. I, I still like to go to Duxford too. That's uh, just what you tell yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it was it's really like, nice. Yeah, feel yeah. better about it. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever been to the Shuttleworth collection up there or not. Um, sh- uh, no, I've not, I've not been to the, to the actual place, but I've seen a lot of, cause there's a, um, a collection of aircraft, aren't they, called the Shuttleworth? Yeah, Shuttleworth um, collection. collection. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I've seen a few of them. Where I used to work at an airfield. Um, well, I'm not sure how to describe where it is, but it's another airfield called Sywell, and mm. that's got some historical aircraft, and they used to have visitors that uh, came across from there. So I don't think it's too far away from where I used to live. It's but, um, definitely worth a trip. If you ever get a chance, I would definitely go, especially as if you're into history, because there's a lot of really old aircraft there that are in flyable condition. Uh, hmm. It was really yeah. fantastic. It was very fascinating. And since I was there doing the Heritage Day, which is basically a little air show, uh, a couple of things that really stood out besides all the interesting things that were flying was um, they had, uh, I guess, three or four hurricanes they were flying at the time. And, oh, right. And at one point, a B-17 flew over. And, oh, nice. And I was surprised, hey, a B-17, that's unusual to see that. And not only that, <laughs> the person flying was flying it very aggressively. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. surprising because uh, here in the States, when we already see B 17s, they kind of fly straight and level, sometimes in formation. Don't really do anything too exciting. It's nice to see them, but nothing really. But this one, that guy was kind of banking and yanking the thing. Right. I, yeah. I was really impressed. I've seen, a, I've seen a Lancaster fly past. Um, Ooh. Uh, uh, and, and that one, um, yeah, an Avro Lancaster. And uh, 
yeah, yeah that, that was that was flying quite aggressively as well. I think it's just because um, it was trying to do a few fly paths over the same bit of of airfield <laughs> at a time. But yeah, it would yeah. sort of bank around and come come around again. It was a very spe- spectacular flight. But, um, but yeah, I, I also went to a, uh, well, it, unfortunately it, it didn't turn out too well, but uh, I went to a uh, t- to a fly past of Lancaster um, near the these dams that are quite close to us. So that these lakes that they practice doing the dam busting uh, raids on oh, wow. back in the day. Yeah. And uh, so they do a fly pass every, so every, um, like five years or something like that, but unfortunately it was cancelled uh, whilst we were standing there waiting for it. So oh, that was a bit oh. unfortunate. Yeah, uh, it was a horrible day as well. So <laughs> we were still all like hundreds and hundreds of people stood on a dam waiting for this aircraft to go over. But uh, yeah, that was a bit mm. of an annoyance. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, 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 sorry to pull you off track. Uh, to, uh, please tell us about your oh, ride no. to Rapide. It's all right. I think I went off oh, track also, anyway, talking about Duxford. They have a repeat <laughs> at the uh, Shuttleworth collection, too. Oh, do they? Yeah. I, I think they are quite common. At, well, relatively co- common, because, um, they're, yeah, they're good flying airplanes. But, uh, yeah, they uh, so at Duxford, yeah, they do these um, pleasure flights, and they also do uh, flights in, I'm not sure if they do this with P-51s over in in, uh, in the States, but they, they now do two-seater um, Spitfire flights, um, and they've, they've only recently been allowed to do those. Oh, um, yeah, but yeah. There's, there's this company called Classic Wings that uh, that does these pleasure flights, and I went on on the repeat. Yeah, uh, it was quite an experience. So good. you could choose between a Spitfire and a repeat. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I would have chosen the Spitfire if I'd had two thousand seven hundred pounds spare. Wow, but, uh, wow. I don't know how many. Dollars, I think that's like three thousand two hundred dollars or something like that. Yeah, it's quite expensive. Yeah, that's... <laughs> and that's for half an hour as well. That's for only half an hour. They, they, they do that here, but I think it's like a third that cost, like a thousand bucks or something. Really? So, oh, right. Okay. So you're talking about maybe like 800 pounds-ish. Yeah. Because um, okay. we have two-seater P-51. Actually, we had a two-seater Spitfire here, even in Houston, I saw it at one point. Yeah. yeah. It's really unusual yeah. looking plane. <laughs> yeah, it's unusual yeah. with that second canopy. Yeah, I can't have a yeah, fan of a two-seater uh uh, Spitfires, but the the P fifty ones look a lot better as a two seater. Yeah, but when you're sitting on the inside, who cares? Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, they used to have one at the um at the airfield. I used to to work at. Um, yeah, they it they they do look a bit um a bit funny. I think you you sit in the the second cockpit as well if, if you're the passenger. So yeah. you're not actually sat in the the original proper position in a Spitfire, but um. Yeah, who cares if you're in right. if, if you're if you're in one, then it's that's true. <laughs> it's pretty right. good. It's, it's a pretty good day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah Spitfire is a Spitfire, right? <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, this uh, this Rapide, um, yeah, this uh, it's quite an interesting aircraft because it's it's quite uh, it's about 1934, I think it was designed. So pretty old. Um, it's made from plywood uh, mostly. There's a, and for anyone who doesn't know what what one of these things looks like, it's a it's a biplane airliner. So it's got two wings, one on top of the other, and it has a very also, Art Deco appeal to it. It definitely does, yeah. And it's got it's got two engines that are underslung under the uh, the the bottom wing, the the lower wing, um, and yeah, it fits about eight people in. So it's and it's all quite snug in there. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, and yeah, yeah the day I that saw I was your fr- video. It's interesting that there's just a single pilot seat in the front. I assumed. Yeah, I I thought pilot. they had two. I thought they had two, yeah. So that was surprising to me as well when I saw one pilot, you know, jump up front in the center. Right. But... Like, where's your buddy? <laughs> exactly, yeah. 
But it was quite a bumpy ride, uh, I'll tell you that. <laughs> was it uh, noisy, or how was the sound inside? Um, it wasn't overly noisy. noisy. Um, I'd say it was comparable to being in a tiger moth or something like that. Because I, th- I, th- it's, I think it's actually, it's made by the same company, um, de Havilland, it's the tiger moth. Mm. And so it's just like being in one of those, really. Actually, now that you mentioned it, the engine cowls look a lot like a tiger moth. Don't they? Yeah, they do. I, I'm pretty sure they're the same engines. I've not looked it up, but I think they're the same en- engines here. Hmm. I think they have about 200, 200 horsepower each, something like that. It's not very powerful, but <laughs> yeah, it's probably enough to get it in there. <laughs> yeah, that's probably pretty decent 1930s for a type of plane. Probably is, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I think you said that this one was built post-war? Yes, yeah, I think it was uh, 1946. I okay, I didn't realize they were making them that late. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. I think it's just um, it's just quite a good design, so they just kept making them. It's probably an updated. It's probably got loads, loads of you know modifications on it. I, I like saw they they actually I think prototyped a four engine repeat. Did they? All right. Yeah, I saw that somewhere. I was was a long some some time ago. I was looking up, and uh, uh, apparently it didn't do very well. I think it was very unstable or something like that. And, oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, they they had experimented with larger version. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, but it's a very, yeah, it was a good, it was a very good experience. Um, it was, yeah, I think it was just quite turbulent, turb- turbulent, sorry, on the on the day, but uh, so that's why it was a, it was quite bumpy in there, uh, and yeah, so I was looking out over the wings and I could see the sort of spars and everything and the the, the hinges and you know all all the bolts and things. And I was thinking, I hope they <laughs> I hope they held them together. <laughs> well, did you hold together? Uh, yeah, just about. Yeah, I, oh. I didn't feel too sick, but <laughs> I was fine. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, you would hate to pay for a pleasure flight that's not very pleasurable. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a great experience. And we even saw um, there, was, there was a Spitfire that took off whilst we were in the air and sort of looking down on the on the runway. So you could see the Spitfire take off and go over the trees and see its shadow just below it. It was amazing. Oh, wow, really, neat. Wow. Very cool experience, yeah. So that's interesting that you say that that's a pretty active airfield for uh, old aircraft, even off when they're not having air shows, just sort of in general. Oh, definitely, yeah. 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 I think, uh, especially at the weekends, but, um, yeah, there seems to be a lot of activity there um, all the time at the weekends, yeah. Oh. Well, hopefully, um, if I ever get over there next time, uh, I'd like to go visit that and take a look. I always like to, uh, when I was there, I visited the, uh, the, the, the British Air Force Museum, was it? Uh, oh, yeah. The one, the one that's in London. Royal yeah, Air Force, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the name of it, uh, which is really <laughs> nice. And uh, mm. as we mentioned before, it's interesting as an American to see uh, unusual aircraft for us that we don't just see in the States. Or, or Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine it's quite a, a good experience for you coming over, yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it and look forward to going back. Mm. Good. Now, well, I'll tell you what, if you if you come over and you go up to Duxford, then I'll show you around next time you're there. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> yeah, uh, you have a deal. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to meet up with you, and then we can share uh, modeling war stories. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James, you are about to get the opposite experience of coming to see some very strange American aircraft. <laughs> yes, indeed. Right. Yes. So I'm going over to the States in... Uh, 
about three days, I think. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, really? Yeah, it's quite soon. Yeah, because we, Flight Fest is, so I'm going to Flight Fest. That's why I'm coming over. Um, and I've never been to the States before. So this is going to be quite a, quite a good trip, I think. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's coming up quick. <laughs> so where are you flying into? Uh, so I'm flying, well, I'm flying from Manchester here in the UK to New York. So okay. that's, uh, so into JFK. And then I'm going to spend a couple of days there and then fly from New York to, I think, Cleveland. Um, and then I'm going to drive down to Flight Test HQ and I've got a hotel there and that's hmm. going to be, yeah, going to help set up the event, hopefully. And... So, uh, so James, you got, when you're in New York, you're going to visit the, uh, the floating air museum on the aircraft carrier. I forgot which aircraft carrier it is, but, uh, Intrepid. Intrepid. Yeah. The Intrepid Air Museum. Yes. Yes, I think uh, Terry. I think you um, you mentioned that to me in an email um, a few months ago. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely on the list. Um, as well as quite just sort of general New York sort of touristy things, really. Right. Yeah, <laughs> the Intrepid's pretty close to Times Square, so you can do all that in a day. And yeah, that, so yeah, you get to the Intrepid, you get an aircraft carrier, which is cool by itself. But they've got an SR seventy one and the the Enterprise space shuttle and a bunch of really neat stuff. So oh, cool. yeah, it's a good way to Do spend you... the day. Okay. Right. Did you say the Enterprise Space Shuttle? Yes. You mean as in as in the, the fictional one? No, no. <laughs> no, the the original glide test shuttle. The oh, one that they dropped sorry. off seven forty seven. I was just to. thinking about Star Trek. Then I'm sorry. Actually, <laughs> well, it does have a Star Trek connection. Yeah, it was named was after it? that. Uh, oh, right. Okay. Fair there enough. was a huge letter writing campaign by Star Trek fans that convinced NASA to do that. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, I didn't know that. well, it was started. Cool. It was started by the Star Trek actors. They said, "Hey, we." Do, we think we should name it after the the Starship Enterprise, and then it started. Then it ended up with a letter campaign, and like Terry said, and uh, when they rolled yeah. it out, there were a bunch of the Star Trek actors were there on the rollout from the from the hangar or whatever ah. it was. So that's cool. Yeah, if you if you look yeah. it up, it's an interesting story behind it. Definitely, yeah. So it's a it's a neat museum. Good way to spend a few hours. Definitely, yeah. Sounds good. I'll, I'll write that on the list right now. <laughs> <laughs> you heading straight back after flight fest, or are you planning to do some more sightseeing while you're there in Ohio? Um, so flight fest is pretty much at the end of the trip, uh, but then I've got a couple of days uh, flying back to New York because you can't fly direct from Cleveland uh, to to Manchester. Um, but well, Manchester in the UK, this is, uh, <laughs> and yeah, so I, I think we're going to do a little bit of sightseeing. No, you know, uh, my girlfriend. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. So, you know that uh, Ohio has the Air Force Museum in there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've heard all about that. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds good. Yeah. If you. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like your girlfriend's coming with you. Yeah, I was just about to say. My, yeah, my girlfriend's coming with me. So uh, I have to try not to bore her too much with stuff. But she's fairly understanding. She's fairly understanding. You got to yeah. sweet talk her to see if you can go to the Air Force Museum at least for a, a little while. To check that okay. out. That, well, she likes museums, so we'll, we'll have to check that out. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, that was a fantastic museum. It's 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 big. It it take you all day to see everything, but if you can do it, at least a hit and run. Uh, it's yeah. worth a trip. Okay. Definitely worth a trip. Cool. And Radical RC is just outside the gate, and that's a cool shop to go to. Oh, yeah. Cool hobby is shop. It? All right. yes. Yeah, they're literally okay. like across the street. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. Well, Ohio has quite a... Um, quite a, an aviation history, doesn't it? Isn't that where the Wright brothers did their, their thing to start with? Or have yeah, I got that correct? Right? Well, that, no, yeah, that's right. That's where they were Dayton, located. Ohio. Yeah, they built their their planes there. Right. Uh, they yeah, they flew them in North cool. Carolina, but they built them in, in Ohio. 
Oh, okay, right. That's why I, I wasn't quite clear on that then. <laughs> for two different things. Yeah, yeah. They, they shipped them on a train. They had disassembled the planes, to throw them on a train, go to North Carolina. Really? Yeah. They, they figured the winds there are more favorable for flying. So that's at least initially. I think eventually they right. flew their power planes in Ohio after a while, but hmm. uh, but not in the beginning. Nice. So yeah, there's some. Uh, it's good if you can see some of the uh, American air history museums and stuff just to get a comparison. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. If you have access to a car while you're in New York, um, you can go a couple hours away to Rhinebeck, which is, I imagine it's like Shuttleworth. It's a bunch of old, everything they have is pre-World War II, but it's uh, this little airstrip carved into a mountainside and they fly these reproduction and original World War I and Golden Age airplanes every weekend. Wow, unique that experience. Good. Yeah. 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 Rhinebeck reminded me a lot of Shuttleworth or vice versa. Um, in a sense, so yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So there'll be no shortage of things to do, but uh, I guess being in New York with a girlfriend, I'm for sure she has a lot of things she's going to want to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's got quite a few plans. Think, but, uh, <laughs> so, but... yeah, next time, let us be your travel agents. We'll work out a good okay. deal. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, next sounds time, good come alone. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I'm sure she'll be listening to this podcast afterwards. So, uh... Yeah, you're not making any friends here, Fitz. <laughs> It's a guy <laughs> thing. Sorry. <laughs> well, I, ho- I hope she has a good time too. Uh, is she has she oh, been sure here? She has she been to the states before? No, yet? she hasn't. Oh, great. No, no, she's um, she's she's been in a lot of places, but she's not been to the states yet. So, oh. uh, yeah, this is why she wanted to come. She's got a few friends here, so she's going to be visiting them. Oh, fantastic! While I'm in uh, between uh, New York and Flight Fest, she's going to be visiting her friends then. Mm. Oh, so, okay. So she won't yeah. be joining you at Flight Fest. Uh, she will be at Flight Fest, but she won't be at. Um, Sort of the week before, while while we're all getting set up and stuff at the flight test HQ. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So this is the uh, flight fest number what? I think we had several on several before. Uh, do you keep count? Um, <laughs> so yeah. So I think there's I think there's roughly been about seven, seven? but it started in 2014. But then mm. a few years ago, I think it was was it just last year? No, I think it was just last year they did three in a uh, in a in a row or at, at the east. Or was it the east, west, and south? I think it is. Yeah, yeah, we're really excited that they're going to have one here in Texas, and it's and it's with an easy driving distance from where we, uh, Lee and I live here in Houston. So mm. we definitely plan to attend. We've never been to one before, and we've heard about the the mayhem and madness that the, the flight tests tend to be. <laughs> <laughs> so we're eagerly yes, anticipating indeed. checking out for ourselves. <laughs> Yeah, that no, that sounds really good. Yeah, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's good that it's coming to. You know, a, a new place in the in the uh, in the West. And yeah, yeah, we're real excited. We had when uh, Austin Frey was on our show, we pestered him, as you've probably heard, about having a flight test in Texas. <laughs> and so, sounds like they listened to us. <laughs> yeah, you're taking credit for it. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get where we can take it. <laughs> so uh, it's interesting. We actually had a conversation. Uh, Lee and I went to an event here uh, in another state of Arkansas called Small, which is only for small aircraft. And it's a great event. All kinds of neat stuff happens there. And we were talking about flight tests in Texas because there's several other Texans with us that we know. And basically, we're brainstorming over dinner about what kind of weird and unusual aircraft we can build and bring to the event. (laughs) And so ideas are flying back and forth. And so we've got a couple that we might pursue. So we're definitely looking forward to attending. 
That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I, I, talking about unusual models, I loved, um, I loved your model of the, the, uh, Terry, your, um, asymmetrical. I mean, I think you know I like it already because I wrote an article about it on Flight Test, but, <laughs> uh, Flight Test, sorry. But, uh, yeah, that's really cool. I, I, I love sort of unusual models as well. Um, and coming up with all sorts of ideas. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely have to build one of those at one point. Yeah. Terry, did you tell him about the teething troubles you had with that design at first? Uh, no, it, it might be more uh, believable coming from you. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, James, when uh, Terry designed that and built that, he actually lived back here in Houston with us when we were flying together. And oh, yeah. he built that. Originally, it was a canard and not the uh, the tail design that you saw. And he built one. And I, when I found out he was building one, I said, hey, I want one too, but I want a mirror version of his. Uh, so... Basically, I think ah, his right. engine pod was was on the right, left. left. Yes, so his engine pod was on the left. The one I had was on the right. And so uh, when he he started flying his, and he it flew. He had some some minor tweaks and stuff. He was trying to work on getting it flying. No, but I think we had to get to the field <clears throat> three or four times before it actually flew. Right, right. He had some <laughs> ballistic launches. <before> that. <laughs> yeah, it, it was definitely a. Uh, uh, an iterative process getting that thing flying. Uh, but, but remember yeah. the first time it flew. That was a great day. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So his flew, and I said, oh, great. So now I have the mirror version. I said, okay, well, his flies, I'm going to fly mine. And uh, as soon as we launched it, it basically did a 360 into the ground. It just swapped ends. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing we could do to get it to fly straight. I said, like, why? His really? works and mine doesn't. It just swaps ends. As soon as we let go, sometimes I could hold rudder. It would kind of fly straight a little bit or it would skid and slip and then it just kind of fall into the ground. Until I realized, hey, wait a minute. Since his pod's on the other side, the, uh, the P factor is probably causing this thing to get horrendous torque. So I took mm -hmm. off the tractor prop and put on a pusher prop and, you know, reverse the direction of the motor and it flew right off the bat after that. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. That's that's the worst thing where you can't work out what it is, and then as soon as you come out with the the answer and you you fly it and it flies well, then that's that's a good it's a good day, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, I was like, ah, ah. Well, learn something today, kids. <laughs> so yeah, Terry did a lot of work in that design. Um, ultimately, he went with it. I think Terry, you can confirm this. He went with the tail design because the canard flew, but it was still a little bit. Um, uh, uh, we played with different. It had a mind of its own at times. Yeah, we played with different <laughs> airfoils on the canard, but it still never really settled down all that well. I could fly mine well enough, but I could see if somebody else flew it, they probably wouldn't like it all that much. So, yeah, um, it flies, but it it's not a pleasure ship. <laughs> you have to really fly it. That's that's it, what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but with the normal tail, it's um, it's like a normal park flyer. Hmm. Cool. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I, I love those sort of, um, you know, sort of uh, experimental sort of designs and things. I, I'm I'm working on a, a project right now. Actually, it's a uh, sort of lifting body type design. Oh. I'm not sure if you've ever seen. Um, if this is a, a British TV show, um, Thunderbirds. Have you ever heard oh. of Thunderbirds? Yo, hell yeah. <laughs> Thunderbirds are I heard that it was quite popular across there. But. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm actually a big fan of Gary Anderson, so I've seen the Thunderbirds. Oh, right. I'm a big fan of Captain Scarlet, as a matter of fact. Oh, yeah. Love uh, Captain I love that's Captain great. Scarlet. I, yeah, that's one reason why I got into aviation, really, I think, <laughs> watching those sort of things as a kid. But, um, 
But yeah, there's a there's a sort of lifting body design that I've come up with in it. Yeah, I was drawing it out the other day, and I was thinking, this is looking suspiciously like Thunderbird 2, so I might have to paint it like that if it works. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Is that going to be a foam board design? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's just quite a quite a large uh, sort of flat looking <laughs> looking thing with these little tiny wings that sort of poke outside. I'm not an aerospace engineer or anything, but uh, <laughs> I'm trying to use the knowledge that I do have to make something cool and, and work and everything. But, oh. Well, that's the beauty of RC stuff. There's such a high tolerance that you don't oh, have definitely. to be an aerospace engineer. And, yeah. and like we were just exactly. talking about, you, you, you tinker with this stuff and you figure it out and yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, and if, the, if if you can t- still tinker with it and it's not completely destroyed, then that's a success. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> so, as an international RCer, uh, are there any challenges with coming to the US? Like, I assume you're a Mode One flyer. Uh, mode One is with the the throttle on the right, isn't it? Or is that I can't remember. I thought they both had throttle on the left, but aileron on the left also. Oh no, no! I, I fly. Well, I fly mode two then. In that case, I can't remember which one's which. That's why. Um, but yeah, the, the, I, I fly with. I think it's just the same with, with your guys, where you have rudder on the left as well as throttle, and then just the normal sort of yeah. aileron and elevator on the right. Yeah, that's mode two. So, yeah, you're good. Yeah. Okay. So I, I fly mode two. Yeah. Okay, so, so you're I'm an oddball fine. over there. I don't know actually. I, I mean, I don't, to be fair, I don't really, you know, I've not got loads and loads of friends close to me that, that fly RC, so I'm not really sure. I, I actually know probably more more guys from the states <laughs> who fly RC, but but yeah, I'm not really sure. I think it's I think it's fairly normal. But oh really? I I was all always under the impression that uh, overseas almost everyone flew mode one. Oh, okay, so. I'm not. I'm not really sure. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. So, so again, listeners will know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Listener, right in and say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right in. Uh, Fitz, you had relayed some story where you were overseas and you were offered a Mode One plane to fly. Yeah, uh, I was actually in Vietnam, of all places. And, oh wow! <laughs> yeah, they talk about uh, somewhere exotic, and there was a hobby store. I found a hobby store in Saigon. It's like, oh, this is interesting. And so I was able to ask them, hey, is there flying fields anywhere near the city? And lo and behold, there was. They gave me a map. And the map was kind of incomprehensible. So fortunately, I was with some Vietnamese people. And uh, uh, and we ended up uh, riding through a whole bunch of towns. Even the uh, the person, the Vietnamese person, gave me the ride. Had to ask a few people, where is this? What street is this? What? <laughs> <laughs> you on scooters? We were on scooters. So, oh, my gosh. So this was probably an hour trip. To find this place on a scooter, and if you've ever been in a scooter in Vietnam, it can, it, it can be kind of a rough it's ride. Life and death. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's dusty and hot and wind and just bumpy, and the roads there were pretty bad, although they were improving them, I heard, on, lately. Uh, but we finally found the field, and it was interesting because it was actually a fairly nice field. It, it wasn't grass. It was sort of just packed dirt, and there were quite a few um, uh, foreigners there. Uh, I think some guy from Europe, a bunch of people from Europe, I can't remember exactly. Foreign where. to Vietnam. Foreign to Vietnam, but there were Europeans mostly, mainly, and a few Vietnamese. And Imperialists. Uh, Imperialists, yeah. <laughs> Colonists. <laughs> <laughs> I believe somebody from the UK, as a matter of fact. And I was talking to him, a real nice gentleman, and uh, we talked about hobby, flying hobbies in, in Vietnam and trials and tribulations and such. And he, and at one point he offered me to fly his plane. He said, hey, you want to fly my plane? It was a real nice, kind of large, low-wing thing. And I was about to say yes, and I realized, wait a minute. 
are you flying mode one or mode two? <laughs> he goes, oh, I'm flying <laughs> mode one. I said, no, I'm not touching that. <laughs> <laughs> Good job you asked. Yeah. Otherwise, that would have been a bad conversation afterwards. Yes, I wouldn't want to have that conversation. <laughs> course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the plane's a smoking wreck. I was like, uh. Whoops. Yeah. And then you have. And then you ask the question, yeah, and then right. uh, face palms oh. all around it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and one last thing was funny. There was, a, I guess, a local, and they pulled up, and this guy and his wife or girlfriend on a scooter holding an airplane. She was holding bits of the airplane <laughs> while they're riding on this scooter thing to the flying field. <laughs> yeah, That's so. awesome. <laughs> not, great gas so mileage. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Almost nobody has cars. Only foreigners and, and businesses have cars, basically for the most part over there. So uh, you do what you can. I saw all kinds of incredible stuff being carried on motorcycles and scooters that you, <laughs> you wouldn't think be possible. But yeah. so that was quite an experience. It's, it's not quite the same um, same experience as going on a on a moped or a scooter or whatever. But uh, yeah, I've been, in a, I've been in a sort of old um, 1960s sports car here in, in the UK with holding a, an aeroplane. <laughs> Thankfully, that one was quite small. So it could sort of I don't know, jam into the back, even though there weren't any back seats. But, uh, it, it, thankfully, it didn't take off. I didn't look around and it wasn't there anymore. But it, no, it was, it was all fine. But yeah. It was at least a convertible, no top on it? Yeah, it was a convertible. So yeah, it was, it was, it was almost taking off this plane. It was, like, it was like the opposite of a spoiler on a sports car. It was just, yeah. Okay, uh, you just reminded me. That's one thing you're going to notice coming here to the States. We like our cars big. Yes, I've heard. <laughs> uh, lots so, yeah, I'll be prepared. Yes, <laughs> be prepared for. Yeah, lots my, of my car here is quite the opposite. It's um, it's quite small. It's <laughs> it's like a uh, Volkswagen up. So I'm not sure if you have those over there. Never heard of that. They're, uh, they're not small. under that name. Oh, okay, hmm. well, it's, it's sort of like a boxy thing, but it's really nice. It's it's quite modern and everything, but it's it's quite a challenge to get big airplanes in there. I can tell you that. <laughs> is it like a hatchback kind of thing? Yeah, it's a hatchback, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I drive pretty much a, a glorified hatchback myself, so I understand how that okay. is. Uh, but right. but I'm here in Texas where everything is three times bigger than me, so they just see me as a speed bump. <laughs> so, James, I am planning to be at Flight Fest. Um, so where can I find you? Well, I'm not actually sure. <laughs> it's funny you say that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, probably hanging around with the, with the flight test crew, just, just walking around really, I think. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely, uh, looking forward to, to meeting you in person and to meeting anyone else who wants to say hello as well. Uh, so you'll be wearing the tall fuzzy hat, like the Buckingham Palace guards. <laughs> oh, I need to pack that. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for reminding me. I'll just get it out of the drawer. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'll. You'll be able to recognize me if you've seen my videos and things like that. So, yeah, I'll uh, just don't, don't be don't be scared to say hi. If if anyone's listening to this and, and wants to say hello, then I look forward to to meeting them. Well, sounds great. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, Terry, you gotta send us a selfie picture of you and uh, James when you you meet up. Yeah, we'll do. I'll post it. Yeah, that'd be yeah, pretty cool. That'd be nice. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Well, James, uh, thanks so much for joining us on uh, on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking oh. the time out to uh, give us uh, uh, some of your time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's been lovely. Thank you very much. Well, no you, problem. Uh, hopefully, you, you and Terry and meet up at Flight Fest and, uh, and give us some good uh, war stories of how things went. Yeah, I'm and sure there'll be a lot of crash stories, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of antics going on. Yeah, yeah right. it's going to be good. 
And then you and James will meet up uh, overseas. Yes, yes. Next time I'm going to England, I keep pestering my wife. Let's go back. Let's go back. I want to go back. I had a really good time. I want to go back and uh, see Duxford. And when I do, uh, I'll look you up. And we, hopefully, we can meet up and you can show me around, show me the sights. Uh, the yeah, definitely. Avoid the tourist traps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll try and steer you out of those. Yeah. No, Duxford would be great. I'd, I'd love to go there uh, yeah. you know, anytime, really. So, yeah. Yeah, and you can meet some sheep. <laughs> yeah. If they don't keep running away from me, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, last couple of things before we go. Uh, we had a couple of events uh, the past couple of weeks. Uh, I went to, I mentioned before, something called the High Wing Hoedown. And a lot of times it's called Cubs and Cousins. Basically, it's all planes with high wings. So Cubs and uh, Reliance and all kinds of anything you have that has a high wing it can be warbird, can be civilian, can be sport plane. And we had a local club, the General RC Club. It's, I found out this was their first time doing this, so that's why I don't remember it before. And I thought hey, this is kind of interesting and unusual. Let me pack up a couple planes and go out. And uh, it ended up being a really nice day, and a pretty good attendance, and some really good food. They they had a uh, vendor that came in and gave us a catfish dinner, which was cooked really, oh, really cool. good. Yeah, and um, I'm kind of a picky on catfish because I'm not a big catfish fan, but they did a really good job. It was a local uh, vendor that did it, and so that was nice. They didn't want to cook. Uh, so I, I brought my um, Valiant 10cc gasser, and I also brought, James, you like this, I have a Westland Lysander model. Oh, nice. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Cool. And so they got a lot of comments. People really like that. Uh, it's a real distinctive plane. And so I flew mm. those several times. And uh, we also have a local group. They have three, uh, I guess they're Cessna 150s. Lee knows more about them than I do. And these guys, they all have smoke kits. They like to fly around in formation. And what's really neat is they all have self-starting engines on them. These are gas planes. And so they'll run them up to the flight line, flip a switch, and they'll kick on automatically, you know, fly around formation, turn on the smoke system, do a really nice show. And one of them, he, uh, I, I thought he was making a dead stick landing. He came in, the engine was, had quit, and he, just as he touched down, or just before he touched down, he kick-starts the engine, it kicks back on, and he flies off again. <laughs> he did it about half a dozen times. That's cool. So, but they had a really good turnout. I think we posted some pictures on our Facebook page, and it was a real nice, fun, low-key event. And uh, hopefully, the club will do it again next year because it's something a little, a little different than some of the other fly-ins. And uh, so, uh, I had a good time, and uh, I think uh, I'll do it again if they have it again. Cool. Yeah, it sounds like an interesting event. Yeah, it was. Yeah. On that same Saturday, I was planning to go to an event up here that I talked about, the Brockport fly-in. And I woke up that morning, and it was drizzling here. And so I checked the weather forecast over on Brockport, and it was already raining there as well. So I didn't get to go to that event. So hopefully next year uh, I'll make it out to Brockport. So I think my next event will be Flight Fest in a couple of weeks, or mm, several nice. weeks, I should say. So. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, all righty then well i think that uh, wraps up this show for this time and uh ho hopefully you guys had a good time hopefully james uh thanks for joining us again and yeah, no uh, problem. hopefully thank you no problem hopefully we'll have you on again sometime in the future uh can we get a 
report on things you've been working on. And uh, I look forward yeah, to the sure. to the Thunderbird 2 clone. I'm definitely interested to see how that works. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's going to be good. So just a fair <laughs> warning. You're coming over to the States just after July the 4th, and our, our anti-British sentiments are going to be at a fever yeah. pitch. <laughs> I, so, well, actually, that's my first day in New York. Is uh, full, First full day in New York is going to be... Um, Independence Day, so yeah. <laughs> yep, I'll so, try and keep my head down. <laughs> no hard feelings. <laughs> no. Actually, last year I was in on the Fourth of July in England, and so that was an awkward feeling. But uh, yeah, I have to say, all the all the Englishmen I encountered were very nice and very very polite. So yeah, so, <laughs> that's good. so it's all good. It's yeah. bygones. Yeah, yeah. You didn't come over to gloat or anything. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 not at all. <laughs> That's cool. Awesome. Well, on that note, everybody have a happy Fourth of July, and uh, blow something up. That's not involving the police. <laughs> inanimate things. <laughs> it added here. Blow some inanimate things up. Nothing uh, that doesn't deserve to get blown up. And uh, <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Bye. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com, where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts, where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.